Hi, this is Graham Brown. You are listening to Be More Human, building the storytelling organization. So why would you want to build a storytelling organization? Well, Microsoft has 9.3 million followers on LinkedIn. And in a recent LinkedIn post on their company official page, Microsoft shared a series of success stories detailing partnerships to solve customer problems. The post received three likes. It's not a Microsoft issue. It's a corporate brand issue. Across LinkedIn, there are numerous official communications with very little likes indeed. AWS has 2.8 million followers on LinkedIn, received 212 likes. SAP, 1.8 million followers on LinkedIn, 78 likes. Tencent, 574,000 followers on LinkedIn, 65 likes. DBS, 419,084 likes. Grab, 260,052 likes. So why is it that these corporate official pages are receiving not 1% engagement rates, not 0.1% engagement rates, but 0.001% engagement rates? Do people dislike corporate brands? Well, not at all. If you look at the LinkedIn posts of Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, he gets six and a half thousand times more likes per follower than the official Microsoft channel. And it's not just Satya Nadella. Tony Fernandez, the CEO of AirAsia, recently posted a video of him walking through a shopping mall hugging his son. It received 3,300 likes and 185,000 views. By contrast, AirAsia's post received only 382 likes, about 9% of Tony's. And yet AirAsia has 426,000 followers on LinkedIn. If anything is to be taken away from this data set, it's that people follow people and not brands. You know, in every sector now, the human connection is becoming increasingly important and therefore it's of importance to us as comms leaders and corporate leaders to communicate with humanity. Look at cars for example, so auto brands, where traditionally there was a very strong connection between customer and brand. And yet the CEO of the world's most valuable auto brand today is Elon Musk. And the world's largest retailer leader is Jeff Bezos. And we all know the legacy of Steve Jobs. Increasingly in tech, the value of a human face is more than ever. Leaders become leadership conversations. Leadership become conversations become experience. Experience becomes brand perception. And brand perception becomes reality. So what does this mean to us as corporate leaders and comms leaders? It means that now we have to think about unlocking the human potential of our organization and turning the organization not from, not from the old model of existing and communicating in a pipeline manner to a new one of 
existing and communicating as a platform. That is the digital transformation of communication defined as transformation, trans, change, form, shape. The digital transformation of communication is the changing shape of communication caused by digital and expedited by numerous exogenous shocks to the system such as the pandemic, such as artificial intelligence, such as the Asian century. What these are doing are expediting change that could take years, decades and needing to happen in two or three months. Even Satya Nadella himself said that the change, and this was in a Microsoft earnings call, he said the change happened fast. We saw two years of digital transformation in two months. It's happening and it's happening very fast. And what is happening? I mean, if you look, for example, at the substantial shift in business today, the most tangible manifestation of that shift is work from home. And when we look at work from home, we have to understand it not in the context of an operational challenge. We have to understand it in the context of a communications challenge. Because this isn't the office, but at home, this is a new way of doing business because the whole of the world of office is built around functional fictionness, which is this idea that the reason we have an office is not because that's what businesses do, because that was the most effective and efficient way of pooling resources. Think at the most basic level of a photocopier or a typing pool or a secretary or a reception. You don't have to have one of those in every single house today. Because we now have access to technologies which render all of those redundant. So there is no business benefit in pooling resources. And therefore, there is no rationale for having an office. The office will become, if anything, a hotel for the company. So we have to see the shift in work from office to work from home as a communications challenge. And if we understand communications, we have to understand it in the narrative of supply chain. The supply chain of communication is disrupted because the old model of communication, the pipeline, is no longer effective. Pipelines work when everybody is pulled in the same place because the pipeline model of communication is the control of the flow of information. If you think of communication as information and data, then your job as a comms leader is to control the flow, to make sure it doesn't leak, to make sure it's efficient, to make sure that your reputation is protected. But that no longer works in the modern pluralistic communications environment. The official story, the official key talking points, the official narrative is now just one bird in the tree. This is the end of official. 
And what do we do? Do we fight it or do we embrace it? Because if you look at the old school model of communications, it's one of protecting reputation. If you go to a comms event, it's all about crisis and crisis management. It's all about what do you do if one of your executives mentions China? Hashtag China, we're in trouble now. How do we protect? How do we lock it down? But that approach no longer works in the modern pluralistic communications environment because what it does is effectively prejudice the 99% of your people because of the behaviors of the 1%. What do I mean by that? It means that you would rather in the old model, make sure that the 1% who hashtag China talk about things which are way off base or too controversial or potentially negative. You would rather control and silence everybody to silence that 1%. It's like the old model of the teacher who punishes the whole class because of one naughty child. And what does that teach people? It teaches people, everybody, to be quiet. It teaches everybody compliance. It teaches everybody to be less human. Now look at the data. Today, dialogue is out there. Today, reputation happens. What I mean by that is that word reputation actually derives from the etymological root in Latin reputare. And putare means to count. So, reputation came from the repeated counting of content, of items, of data out there. You know, your reputation was built from repetition. But today, that doesn't make any difference. Because if you're out there constantly with the official narrative reinforcing these key talking points, it doesn't matter. Because you're one bird in the tree. There are many other people talking. Take Glassdoor, for example. Now, if you Google your company name and you're large enough, you'll appear on the Glassdoor website. Usually, that's not good news. Usually, Glassdoor or has changed in recent years, but in the early days, it was a platform for disgruntled employees to vent their frustrations. Because if you were happy, you didn't need to speak up. But if you were pissed, you had to find some platform to tell your story, your version of events in your words. And Glassdoor became that home. So what happened was, is Glassdoor became this megaphone for the 1%. And what it meant was that comms had this challenge that no longer could they control the 1% inside the organization because they were amplifying their story outside the organization. Comms had no control over Glassdoor, which meant that the 99% was silenced because of the activities of the 1% who now had a megaphone. In the old days, it was fine because you could silence the 1%, you could silence the 99%. Now, you're silencing the 99% and letting the 1% amplify all the negative communications about your brand. 
On your recently HubSpot were uh, the subject of a, I suppose it was a typical sort of glass door interaction. And one of their employees, ex-employees, had written a best-selling book called Disrupted, My Misadventures in the Startup Bubble. And that person was Dan Lyons. And Dan Lyons had influence. And he wrote of HubSpot, his former employer, that instead of being offered secure jobs that last a lifetime, people are treated as disposable widgets. And it became acrimonious. There was an FBI investigation, HubSpot tried to gag lions, and the whole thing, as usually is the case when a comms gets heavy-handed, it becomes a hot topic. But here's the thing, is that what HubSpot comms was doing was focusing on trying to silence the 1%. And by doing that, not only were they failing, they were giving fuel to that 1% and giving them certainly the attention that they didn't need. And the cost of that was they were inadvertently silencing 99% of their employees who, interestingly, if you have a look at the rankings on Glassdoor, HubSpot has an average of 4.7 out of 5 with 1,069 reviews. Now, their nearest competitor, Adobe, for example, has 4.2 out of 5. 4.7 on Glassdoor for an employee review is exceptionally high. So what's my point? My point is in the old loudspeaker pipeline model of corporate communications, which was built around the functional, the functional pooling of resources and data and information in these silos called departments, which could be managed and controlled, no longer works in the modern, open, pluralistic, many-to-many environment. Because the cost of that approach is huge. Specifically, the 99% of people that are being silenced, who ultimately for communications are their biggest allies. Think about it. That 99% are the people who believe in the company's story. They don't want to talk about it on glass door. They've got no need. But if you ask them about their story, not the corporate story, their story, and ask them to share it in an authentic and personal interpretation. Think how that would absolutely crush PR, recruitment, partnership, relationship development, sales, all of it. And the way to unlock that human potential is to move from control to curation, from gatekeeping to enabling, and to from the pipeline to the platform. Let's have a look at that in numbers, all the way back to Microsoft. Microsoft has 150,000 employee accounts on LinkedIn. They should do because they own LinkedIn. Now, each one of those 150,000 Microsoft employees knows 
at least 150 people in an engaging and personal and authentic way. Now, I'm not expecting 150,000 people to tell stories, but I bet you 1% will want to if comms gave them a voice. Now, 1% of 150,000 times 150 people in their network is 250, sorry, 225,000 people, right? 225,000 people. If Microsoft comms gave those people a voice, if Microsoft comms created a platform rather than a pipeline, if Microsoft comms focused on curation rather than control, think about how they could crush PR, how they could crush recruitment, everything that is traditionally a communications role, 225,000 people. And that is what building a storytelling organization is really about. It's not just about communicating in a more engaging way, but positioning comms as the key driver in unlocking the massively underutilized human potential of every organization. My name's Graham Brown. You've been listening to Be More Human. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it on whatever podcast platform you use, iTunes or Spotify. And if you like what I talk about, then you can find me on LinkedIn, Graham Brown, Leadership Storytelling Podcast. I'm pretty easy to find. And if you want a copy of this book, How to Build the Storytelling Organization and or you have thoughts and feedback, I'd love to hear them. You know where to find me. Oh, 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 oh,